You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast. Shut the door. Shut the Have a seat. <laughs> it's time for another round of the dead, man. That's right. And uh, maybe while you're at it, put on a mask. Uh oh. oh, oh. <laughs> you're tipping the witness. You're, yeah, you're, you're, well, you're... <laughs> listen. You know, we're starting off on a kind of goofy note because, you know, uh, we I've never had that happen before where we both were jonesing to say the tagline. Cool. <laughs> we're straight jonesing for it. You're so <laughs> Shut right. the door. Shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> we're both just telling people to shut the door. It's a little scary. Um, no, it, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. I was going to mention that. I mean, we're, we're both we're, we're both jumping in on on the intro. Um, obviously, you're listening to Mr. Michael Rowland and the newly proclaimed hardest working man in show business, Mike Jolla, right here, buddy. Okay. Do you know why I have that moniker? You know where that moniker is coming from? Um, if I had to guess, it's coming from uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> He's the force. Yeah, he's the force. He's the force. Because he is um, sort of the hot ticket in Hollywood right now. I've been seeing him all over the place. Mostly on Disney Plus. Okay, okay, that's fair. He's a a globetrotter, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's mostly on Disney Plus. uh, And then on Hulu in some regions. But yeah, he's he's just... All over my TV, so I think he's probably the one who gave you that moniker, right? He did, he did. The dark, the dark, the dark force has definitely given it to me. And by dark forces, I do mean the uh, dreaded Rona, ladies and gentlemen. The Rona has come for me. Not yeah. just me, though. That's... Me and, and the rest of my Rat Pack family. Oh no! Except for the babies. The baby's safe. Okay. All good, the good. All, all the babies are safe, but all the adults have been touched. Um, okay. And uh, I'm on the mend, though. I'm um, I'm a little nostrily, as as you probably can hear. Um, but uh, no more runny nose. I'm done with the the weak feeling and all that beaten down stuff. That's all gone. Um, so you know when when Michael was hitting me up about you know because I told him earlier in the week uh, what had gone on. And um, he was mentioning how, like, you know, we could, we could, we could, we could, we could postpone the show if need be. And yes. um, I was like, you know, let's let's just see what um, let's see let's see what Friday looks like uh, because I bet I bet I feel better by then. And uh, it's you know, it's Friday is when we record, and um, I'm uh, I, I'm close to fighting form as I'll ever be. So you know, I'm, I'm here in studio. Never let the fans down. We're here. We're here, buddy. <laughs> Hardest working man in show business. Woo! <laughs> Hardest working man. Yes. Uh, so that's more like a John Lennon thing. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're very nice. You're very nice to make it sound like I was uh, understanding, like saying you should uh, <laughs> take take rest if you need it. But really, I was more like. This isn't gonna fucking impact the uh, Dadman recording this Friday, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like the first thing I ha- <laughs> me like every every day, <laughs> every every day, more like every half day. I was like, so you probably took a big nap just now, right? It's been six hours. You're probably feeling a lot better. Um, how, how are you, buddy? You know, <laughs> how are you, buddy? One hour later, hey man, how are you? <laughs> 
Listen, the Destiny Park Media freight train, it's, it doesn't stop for any reason, okay? It's a, hot, it's a hot ticket. It's a hot ticket. And I had, I had to make sure I was on it, though. I mean, I mean you're not, yeah. not going to leave me behind, buddy. I was about to say, it'll, it's, it's, this train's moving faster. It'll leave you behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, uh, I had no idea that uh, your wife was sick as well. Um, yes, guess, this, this is a newish, uh, I guess a newish development, but um, newish in the sense that like Tessa Tuesday and it came up, a friend of mine birthday I went to on the weekend, I, kicking it, love the place. Or maybe they, they, you know, we'll bleep that because they probably don't want to have an advertise that you got COVID from there. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, we're oh yeah, this is a good point. Yeah, good place for the beep. I can't wait. That'll be nice. <laughs> but um, so anyway, yeah. So I went. We went there. Great night, by the way. Super fun. Um, okay. Just you know, um, kicking it with the, you know, the comedy, the comedy homies and the friends and stuff, and played a little bit of games. But you know, just talking back and forth, catching up, this and that. You know, just real chill and. Um, Having drinks, it was fun. So, now he's great. Um, but uh, he had hit me up like on Monday that he had that he gotten, and I was like, I was like, oh man, okay. So I checked on Monday, excuse me, but um, didn't have any. Uh, came back negative, so I was good. So you know, I was like, all right, uh, in the clear. So I, you know, I didn't feel any weird. I didn't feel that weird or anything like that. So. Did my usual is hanging out with uh, the kids and, and the mom and, you know, trying to do the, the, the kids stuff. So we hung out on Tuesday. Um, and then when I got home, I was kind of feeling more blah, just super weak. And uh, nose started coming, started like kicking, kicking in a little more cough. So then I, my wife's like, oh, you got to, you know, test again. And I was like, I te- you know, I checked it. It was good before. <laughs> you know, me being me. Being me. But um, so I checked again. And then, of course, it was there. Uh, I, I had been marked. I, I, I had been yeah. a, a scarlet lettered. You know what I mean? I've been scarlet lettered. So, <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, so so that happened. Uh, just been taking. So I was just, you know, trying to take talent on. And then because of that. That trickled into the other fam, and then their adults kind of all got touched with it too. So we're now just you know, my wife tested the day after and got like a real light version of it. Um, I mean, we're all pretty light with it, honestly, um, considering because, like you had mentioned on, um, like you had mentioned on your show, um, is this podcast name taken? Um, uh, you had you had gotten the. Uh, the no taste, no mm-hmm. smell, which is uh, I fear, I, f- I fear heavily. <laughs> I fear, I, f- I feared that heavily. But um, um, we we kind of got more of like a almost like a cold symptom, if you want to if you want to say, like that's that's sure. as close that's as close as the feel that I, besides the weak the weak feeling because usually with a cold i don't think you like i don't i don't think you don't usually feel like weak or like low energy or anything but no no yeah it's completely different so that that was like the differentiating differentiating factor um 
And so yeah, the, all the all the adults ended up kind of getting in touch with the same thing. It's it's pretty catchable because we're all um, and the and the thing is we're all everyone that had gotten it were uh, all vaccinated. So that's kind of um, there's there, there's one out there. It's very uh, sly, sneaking under the, sneaking under the under the radar. So I mean, yeah. not to get into too much detail, but that's that's basically the gist of it. So I've been, you know, just been recovering. Um, hasn't been too, hasn't been, like I said, hasn't been too horrible. Once I got over the fir- first night of the low energy, had some sleep, took Tylenol and stuff. Uh, next day, I felt a lot better um, from that standpoint. And then I've just been dealing with the nose and the nose and uh, tickly throat stuff. Regular, right? Sure. More, more regular cold stuff. So you know, props to props to tea and honey for holding me down. Props to uh, Tylenol. I'll probably bleep that out right there. <laughs> oh come on, Tylenol's fine. <laughs> no, I'm sure Tylenol Tylenol's generic enough where you could just say it and not like feel any type of weird way. Like, but you know, sh- well, sh- shouts out. I don't think they sponsor podcasts, so we should be safe. Why? Well, I've been. I, I'd actually been shopping around. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> have you now? Maybe are you are you sure it didn't come from one of those constant meetings you're going to? Oh yeah, <laughs> those constant secret uh, on the sly shopping. Yeah, shopping meetings. meetings. Yeah, yeah, sponsor. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm definitely out there. I'm trying to shop. You know, I'm trying to shop the show. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to shop Des- Destiny Park Media stuff. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, thank you. Know, you. Yes, yeah. thank you. Working on. And I don't go. I don't go to those meetings because I'm like I don't want to get COVID. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, send the new guy out there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is funny. I did get invited to that party, uh, and I was like, to Aaron, I was just totally honest with him. I'm like, you know, I I do certain things now that mm-hmm. uh, places are opening up more, but yeah, for sure. I just don't feel safe like going to. And I feel like that's like the most crowded room you could be in, and that's a bar, and the yeah aerosol particles blah 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 yeah. and he's like well we're gonna be on the roof and i'm like yeah but i don't know yeah it's, uh, i understand so i felt bad i felt bad but i mean <laughs> i mean you can, you can you can catch we can catch i mean obviously well you know aaron's a huge movie guy so like if anything yeah. if we wanted to like do a thing we could do like a movie thing you know what i mean yeah that'd I'll be just, that'd know. be super easy but yeah um the thing i i should say or I'd, I'd, I'd want to throw in is I think also it's important to note that symptoms for, you know, people who didn't get vaccinated and people who got vaccinated are just markedly different, you know? like Yes, thank you. Because yeah. not to be like a, a goody little, oh, everyone get vaccinated. But like... <laughs> it helps. I, I think it really does help. Like, yeah. uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not Fauci's friend. And, you know, I have no bias here. Fauci home. Uh, but... I've just looked at I've looked at the data and I've seen that there's less death uh, amongst the vaccinated people and you know the the cases and then the deaths seem to become completely uncoupled as soon as vaccinations became available. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. But my my point is is that like the the whole thing where it's like oh it feels like a cold it's definitely become weaker. Yeah, you know I, I shouldn't talk I know stuff, but it feels like. It's become these new variants seem to be weaker than like the first strain of it. Yeah, so, at least from observation probably, from the outset, it, right. seems, it seems like as as we move further along, the, it become it, the power of it becomes a little bit more withered down. Um, and I think that's kind of how viruses apparently are have tended to work. Yeah, you know? so it, it, it's very interesting. But um, 
you know, I mean, aside from my, my that, point is, is that my point is between the, the vaccine and that fact, it's like, I'm just so grateful that you got it now. And uh, your wife got it now as opposed mm-hmm. to earlier on. Because here's... Absolutely. I, I may... That's what I told her, by the way. That's yeah. what I told her. Yeah. This may feel nihilistic or something, but I feel like once it became Omicron... Mm-hmm. We ne- you know, I never got a chance to talk about that on ITPNT. Once it became Omicron, though, like mm-hmm. I stopped being afraid because it's going to get everyone now. <laughs> that's how yes. That's how transmissible it is. Yes, so, yes. You, See, this you, is the you, thinking. You can, this is the thinking yeah. that's needed. I think. I, I think that's an important thought, honestly, because it, it it'll it'll help remove a lot of that um, anticipatory anxiety around, you know, around it. I think at least a little bit. Um, For me, because, that, yeah. yeah. And and we, you know, I've I've heard people. I've heard people. You know, people had mentioned um, people in, in the know or whatever mentioned that. You say say certain lines like it's it's not it's not if it's when you know type you know that type yeah. of phrasing, so I mean it doesn't mean if if the um, yeah it it doesn't mean that like you don't do any like of course protection measures and be like all willy nilly because everyone's gonna get it, but it it's a lot less scary for me to know that like okay I'm gonna get it but I am vaccinated and I am boosted and. I have had it before, and I know what I know. The enemy I'm fighting next time I'm going to fight it, and mm-hmm. you know, as as we move along and learn more about the virus, we also have developed new medicine. We, I'm not part of the team, um, Fauci homie, but um, yeah, right. yeah, Michael, I just think you're great. I don't know, <laughs> but um, but I I I think it's just cool to know that like there's going to be a universal vaccine they're talking about and the mm-hmm. Paxlovid they're you know that's making a difference treating people um so you know stay stay um try to stay on top of it yeah yeah stay alert but don't let it like consume your life right. uh and that's what i did for the first i'd say a year and a half to 2 years of the pandemic but then once omicron hit i just said i'm done like yeah, having that take up 90% of my fear Absolutely, uh, mm-hmm. my fear factor, if you will. No, exactly. That's a TV show. <laughs> uh, but hey, man, I'm I'm glad that you're having a mild case and uh, knock on table. It's gonna stay that way. We're, we're hoping it's gonna stay that way because you know the, the thing about the virus is that sometimes you can't predict its trajectory and uh, yeah. Sometimes you'll. The thing is, when I had it, I don't know if I talked about it in our episode or we t- talked about it, but mm-hmm. you would have one day where you thought. Oh, I'm pretty much over this thing. All right. You know, I could go run a mile. I mm-hmm. could go run five miles. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes later, I'd be like, <sighs> just, <laughs> just dying in bed, just couldn't get up. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, I think, like like we mentioned, it seems like your case is more like a cold. And yeah, um, let's just make sure that Luna doesn't get it. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think all, all things considered most likely in the clear. Knock on wood. Cool. All right, man. We're here to pod for you all, you know? Yeah. yeah, We've got two episodes out so far. uh, Oh, that's right. At the time of this recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we're at, uh, we did episode one, episode two. Um, Enjoyed them both. Um, uh, Again, we'd love to hear feedback from you guys. Yes. um, As we go go through. Yeah, it's just important to... Um, let us know what you what you like, what you're what you're feeling. 
um, add any little any little two cents uh, that you have for the show, and uh, we'd love to just kind of hear, hear the feedback, and it's appreciated. So constructive My, criticism as well. <laughs> a friend of mine actually, yeah, constructive, please don't be mean. Um, yeah. A friend of mine said they listened to episode zero and episode one while they were making homemade jambalaya tonight, and they're they're enjoying Dad Men so far. Is what oh, cute. Said. That's cute. So, yeah. I'm happy to hear. A friend of mine also was listening to, uh, I believe it was episode zero, um, while while she was uh, doing some work as well. You know, background stuff. This, this, this is what yeah. I love about the podcast game, man. It, it You know, you can put, put something on, and while you're kind of, you know, mindlessly kind of using your hands and doing something, you have your ear open and, you know, be, be, be entertained or, or laugh at how nerdy we are, you know, either way. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Weird Al has a great song about that called "Ride and No White and Nerdy," and that applies to me. <laughs> I didn't really think about that until it's you know I, I mean, said you, it. But... You can tell everybody I I, I am white. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. I would never do that. It's that's like half the appeal of the show is that you're not white. <laughs> I know, right? but they don't know that. Remember? Oh wait, I guess they would. I get if you yeah, guys are the paying TikTok. attention. To Follow TikTok. us on TikTok. Yep. No man, they're, they're, listen. I'll tell people, hey, I have a podcast about Mad Men. They're like, that's a really white show, right? And I'm like, yeah. It's with a black. They guy. say, <laughs> and they say you're white, right? And I say, yeah, I'm I'm white as hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then they say, let me guess, your co-host is another man, and I say, yes, but. Because, you know, everyone's sick of uh, men right now. Uh, justifiably so, mm, I would say. Yeah. But uh, I say, but he's a, he is a, a black man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how about that? How about them apples? <laughs> yeah. What do, what do you think about that, huh? And then they, they shut up. They actually start clapping is what they do. You can, you can, you can never tell by my sultry radio voice. Yes. Uh, you know, COVID, COVID did take your, uh, it didn't take your voice. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, thank God. All right. All right, man. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm glad you're doing good. Um, and just keep us updated on you and your family and how the, the Rona is doing. (laughs) All right. So let's get on to the, the reason you're listening. It's not my nerdiness or Jala's looks or voice. It's, uh, Mad Men, a show from AMC Network and... We're going we're gonna to talk about an episode today called Shoot, and it was directed by Paul Feig, uh, which is curious. I did not remember that he directed a Mad Men episode. This um, is the this is the Paul Feig, right? Yes. Yeah. Or however, however else you say his last name. I've heard it a few different ways, but Feig. Yeah, it's... Like, oh, really? Yeah, I've heard it I, a bunch of, bunch of weird ways. Well, well I'm going to say Feig. Yeah, yeah. Feig is good. Yeah, because he's not here to correct. You know, if he wants to come on the <laughs> show to correct comes us. In. <laughs> um, before before we go on, uh, we like we mentioned, we do want your feedback. So hashtag dadmenpodcast and dadmenpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us that way, uh, either way. And um, But yeah, man, uh, it was directed by Paul Feig, and it was written by... Chris Pro- Chris Provenzano. It's, what's interesting is that I don't usually see this in TV shows, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been following TV shows closely on, you know, their, their writing credits for years. Oh, um, but yeah, Chris Provenzano did last week's episode, The Hobo Code, by himself, and then he's doing this one too, which is a co-writing credit with Matthew Weiner. Yeah, I think I think um, 
him having a back-to-back is really cool. You know, what's interesting, though, is that both episodes do have different tones, though. Right? Yes. That's the whiner. That's the whiner, right? That's, 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 that, that's, <laughs> the, that's definitely the whiner. You, you taste the whiner when you watch this episode. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you can tell he's in there making the sauce. Uh, absolutely. All right. But, hey, you know what? Here's the, here's the cool thing is that you get to prove that even if you are sick with COVID, <laughs> you could still do a 30-second timer. And I'm really excited for you, man. So, all right. Let's, let, uh, let's, see. Let's, see what, let's see what happens with this 30 seconds. All right. This is our segment called the 30-second breakdown. I'm going to give Jala a 3-2-1, and then he's going to go. You ready, Jala? Rona edition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> three, two, one, go. So... This episode starts off uh, with Betty and Don at the uh, show, and they're meeting with the McCann executive, uh, Jim Hobart, and he actually wants to get Don to work for his company and leave uh, his current work of business. While he does that, he offers uh, Betty a modeling gig. She takes it. Don is uh, apprehensive about it, but lets her do it. Uh, Don figures out that done. <laughs> You're done. No. You can continue talking about it, but you you didn't finish the race. <laughs> I guess it doesn't. I guess I guess I guess either way it doesn't. You know, with Rona, no Rona, it's it's still it's still the same <laughs> slow speed. <laughs> you were hoping the you're hoping the coronavirus made you faster. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never heard of that symptom of coronavirus. Right, but, I, just, uh, I just started talking faster. It's was, it was wild. <laughs> yeah, so that's a sign of the elevated heart rate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can continue um, your uh, episode summary, though. Yeah, the, the, it's um, Don. Don figures out that uh, Jim Holbert is just really trying to get by any means get Don over to you know working for McCann and um he realizes that the Betty play was was to get Don over there and once he figures that out and uh Jim I guess threatens well he pulls it pulls pulls uh her her modeling opportunity he basically just shuts shuts uh McCann down and um decides not to go with them uh just because they've been playing they were playing too dirty um, for 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 Don's liking, um, yeah. So yeah, and that, that's a short and sweet version. Obviously, when we get into the care, so we can get into a little bit more detail. Well, hop in. Let's hit the carousel. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent, sweetheart. So this episode is one I definitely like. I remember watching this the first time and um I'm not sure what happened, but it became one that like it didn't stick with me as much as other episodes like 5G mm-hmm. or even the pilot, you know. Right. I, I would hear people in my life bring this episode up as a good one and yeah. for some reason it never it never stuck with me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not saying it registered as a bad episode, right. but it just never Never stuck with me quite that strongly. Um, I think the biggest thing I remember is just Betty's sadness at getting her commercial taken away. Right. But here's the thing, dude. Five stars 
Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm burying the lead. Five Manhattans. I thought, it, I thought this episode was fucking like perfect. I it love, was. I love that, it, Mike. I love that. It was so weird because, like, when the episode first starts, I'm like, man, this is like a pro show. Every shot's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was worried that it was like too perfect. Like the colors okay. were like too. I think the costume design was like so immaculate that I wasn't used to it. I. I don't know if like they had a costume design change or what, but they're, they're, everyone just looked great. They're just in they're just in real sh- um, kind of like what we were mentioning uh, maybe like uh, two episodes or three episodes ago. They really started it. You know, Mad Men's really hitting their stride. Where like yeah. this is the show, Mad Men. You know what I mean? Like this is the right. groove. This is this is what the show we're talking about. This is this is this is it right here. Like yeah, and I think this it's is so why rewarding. You're it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, everyone looks fantastic. Uh, everyone is delivering fantastic. And Jim Hobart, by the way, incredible antagonistic figure to be in the first season of a show mm-hmm. for just one episode. Yeah, um, for sure. He he comes out of nowhere and he just looms heavy over this episode. And it's so fascinating how he seems to have this weird like puppet master vibe where he's just in complete control of everything. And, yeah. Uh, He's a devil tempting Don to, uh, you know, take a bite out of the apple or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? absolutely. That or is very much his a snake. Very much his ploy right there. Absolutely. Yeah, but he. It's weird because like he's promising Don everything, and we're as an audience we don't trust him. Um, at least I don't. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he's going after Don's wife is um, interesting. But yeah, um, in terms of anything else about the carousel. I've never been much of a Paul Feig fan. Um, I was just shocked that I gave this five Manhattans and then like it's a Paul Feig directed thing. I'm usually he, he mostly sticks within the wheelhouse of comedy. Yeah. Um, and he's very. Now, he, he did some Freaks and Geeks, too. That's a very funny show, but there's some drama to it, too. Right. That's a good show. But his career has been very spotty. Um, right. I would I would say that. uh there's some stuff of his that I love, some Office episodes of his that are great, some stuff of his I don't like, uh, some Office episodes that are terrible mm-hmm. that he directed. So yeah. he's he seems to swing for the fences maybe as a director and yeah. like go hard. Mm-hmm. But uh, for you, this, he's hit or miss. Episode, for me, he's hit or miss. Yeah. yeah. For me, he's hit or miss, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, but... He hit it out of the park with this one. The directing is is wonderful. Uh, some really haunting image images in here, like the, the Betty photo shoot. It's exquisite. It it's is, something about it? it's really something about how it's shot that's just dreamlike. Even mm-hmm. though we're, it's weird, we're seeing not just the set, but we're seeing the TV production studio, or sorry, the ad production studio. Yeah, and normally. Normally, you would see that and think it looks kind of grimy or industrial, but mm-hmm. Feig does a great job showing that this is a, a place where Betty wants to be right. and uh, is it's glamorous. where the magic where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the subplots of the episode. Yeah. Um, the subplots are that uh, Peggy is gaining weight, and everyone in the office is starting to notice, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> Pete is starting to get a bug. You know, up his bonnet or whatever the phrase is about Don. And uh, he does something about it this time. Uh, and it, it kind of works out for him, uh, which was really interesting. 
Uh, yeah, it was a it was a weird turn. Um, but you're right; it did, it did work for him. Obviously, I don't think the boys knew what for. I mean, maybe they. I don't. I don't know. At least from what I saw, I don't think they understood why. They kind of just kind of just felt like a little like off the handle, like the fight scene. I was more talking about him getting the 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 ad buys. Oh, for excuse me, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. Their their genius. Him and Harry's genius plot. Yeah, his their stupid fraternity bro inspired plot. Um, so but it's it actually out. very smart. It well, it, it it's a good plot for sure. But the the, the fraternity brothers' stories were stupid. No, yeah. not yeah that. <laughs> No, that, that was dumb. With the dead Dalmatian? Come on, man. And no, I, that, that I was stupid. <laughs> That's so sick. We <laughs> took a dog's corpse and put it on a parade float. <laughs> it's like, it's like okay, okay, Pete. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, it's disgusting. And then Harry, the the interesting thing is he goes, idiots, as if, oh, yeah, boys will be boys. You know, that yeah, classic thing. Of course. And it's like, no, you guys are fucking sociopaths taking a dead animal corpse and, you know, parading it downtown or whatever at that at that parade Ugh. but um fraternity guys you know <laughs> just kidding, yeah, just, yeah. Kidding. just kidding uh yeah i know they exist i I'm wish they did guys taking shots at you <laughs> poking some fun. oh hey man hey go go take your shots <laughs> you'll feel better after you drink some booze but yeah I, i'm trying to think oh there's some payoff from last week yeah because remember well, i said i said there's got to be a reason that Cooper gave him that bonus. I just can't remember what it is. You remember I said that? Yep. I, I was kind of hinting uh, at like him like preemptively knowing maybe something coming along the pipeline. How would he know? I don't know, but you know. He talks. He talks. He gets around. He's got a network. Yep. I think it's it's more like a sign that Don is moving on up. Yeah, Don's hot in the streets right now, man. He's very hot. Yeah. And uh you know, Pete notices and uh He's he's feeling insecure and yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about the the carousel thoughts, five Manhattans and uh, uh, you know it, it's just a beautifully shot episode and uh, Betty's subplot, you know, because we're we sort of looked at it from like Don's perspective right now, but yeah, um, January Jones, I think she does a great job in this episode and I also just oh, yeah. uh, I feel really <clears throat> excited for Betty in this episode and. Uh, same. I feel very sad, very sad when it gets taken away from her. Uh, yeah. But what'd you, what'd you think of the, uh, give me your carousel thoughts. Yeah. Um, to go on the Betty stuff, um, it's so funny. I like, th- and this is why rewatching and going through it is great. I remember, the, what I remember about this episode is that I think, I don't know why, but I must. I think I was annoyed at Betty for. Oh, I was annoyed. I thought she. I I thought it was weird that she like, at in the end of the episode, like was shooting at the guy's birds, and I thought she was like super childish at doing it. Now, not the not that the action is not childish, but watching it now and getting a full context of kind of what Betty's going through. Um, and her role in the family, it, it it makes complete sense to me. Like it's not even like weird anymore. Like if before it was weird and childish, and I was like, what is what is her problem? Like, but now I'm like, yeah. now I watch it. I'm like, oh, this is great. I get it. Like she's kind of like letting loose and like getting her last little like feels off about like losing her thing. But like, there's a lot of beauty 
for Betty in this episode because not only does she get to step outside of the motherhood role and get back into her working role, but she feels a confidence and um, joy when given the opportunity. And not only that, but in therapy, she has a she has a somewhat of a, ba- a breakthrough actually in a few places. Um, sure, she mentions in therapy about oh she talks about how Don and and uh, how 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 she met Don and what that was, that was like. Cool. Yeah, that that was really nice. And it's so funny as she's telling the story about what's going on. You can see as she gets further and further down that timeline of life, the light, the energy and the joy starts to slowly dwindle and dwindle as she's telling the story. She's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, she's, so she's going on about modeling and, and, um, and, uh, how all of a sudden she, she was done doing modeling pretty quickly and then they got engaged and then all of a sudden they had kids and now I'm at home doing this, you know stay-at-home mom thing and you know what else there is to life than just stay you know this you know what i mean and you can tell that she's really she she wanted more for her life you know what i mean i don't and you know you know what's interesting which actually puts her in a space of more modern modern thinking from a woman's perspective like not wanting to be tied to just doing the stay-at-home mom role by the way, not that there's anything wrong with the stay-at-home there mom role. No. Love the role. I think it's great. It's very important. Probably one of the most important things. But, like, having that option to do either or, Betty had in her mind, like, you could tell that she wanted to keep going. She wanted she wanted more to see with, you know, her, her, her work and how far she could get, et cetera, et cetera. And when she gets that chance, uh, whether... whether illegitimately or to get Don or whatever the case, still a chance. Nonetheless, um, she really, she really, she really grabs the bull by the horns. And it's like, you can tell her whole demeanor in the episode changed. You saw that, right? Like, yeah, she, yeah. Com- she completely like she, she was peppy. She's smiley. She, had, you know what I mean? She like, when she got the, when she got the Coke roll, like she, you know, she kind of pounced on, Don. you know what I mean? She just felt more invigorated yes. which which i love more I, I confidence love, yeah i love giving people that boost and i think yes. don started to see that like at first he was unsure about the whole thing and i think he kind of knew what was happening but he didn't want to take it away from her so he's like letting it go letting it go and uh, uh that's why it's so that's why it's upsetting when uh the plug gets pulled on it and uh in my uh dad thoughts that'll come later i'll kind of dig into a little bit more of what happens toward the end of that uh, of nice that tease, experience yeah. yeah so um yeah man i i uh i really i really i really enjoyed the episode too um i i, I really like that you have it at a five though I, it, because this episode actually was really hard for me to rate um uh has a lot of great shots uh a, a lot of development it's definitely a betty central uh betty centralized episode um I, I I give it a for me I give it a four, I, I give it okay. a strong a strong a strong four man hen. Um, okay. Really really liked what I saw. The subplots were uh, the subplots were uh, 
were nice and fun. Sterling makes an appearance, of course. Yeah, I was so happy when I saw him. <laughs> yeah, because he was missing. He was, so he was missing funny. last episode. Yeah, yeah, I, he was missing last episode, and that made me think the whole episode wasn't funny. And then we That's spent right. the whole episode listing off funny things, and I'm like, wait a second. Oh, oh, I wait, just missed it, Sterling. <laughs> I just, I just miss his the brand. Silver, yes, I, I missed the Silver Fox. Yeah, I mean, him... I, I genuinely was tricked by his uh, impish trickster ways uh, when he, he brought in the cute. golf clubs, that you know? Cute. And it's like, oh, wow, I forgot. That's so nice. And he's like, oh, yeah, they're not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought they were for me. Uh, but, you know... That Jim Hobart, he's aggressive in his courting of Don. Very aggressive. I've never. I, I love. I, I. I. It really puts him in that villain, in villainish role that I think is. He's not ashamed. Like, no. didn't Don like try calling him like on an offline at first, and then like, and then like once he was like not gonna do the deal, like he called him direct line, so people knew that he was calling him. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, interesting. Before, I didn't. Yeah. Get that. Yeah. Before, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, because he says to Be- he says to Peggy, um, "Get me Jim Hobart from yep. McCann Erickson." Yeah, yeah. Good and catch, it goes Mike. Th- it goes th- yeah, man. It, go- it goes through the it goes through the phone line, so they know that he's yeah. talking to him. But before yep. that, before he's like kind of considering it, this is early in the episode. He uh, he asked for an outside line. Yep, so, yep. That's cute. He was so that's a good good uh, good catch. He was thinking about it for a bit. You could tell. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's. it's He's conflicted, um, but when something seems too good to be true, you know, it's it's definitely risky to believe it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was something else I wanted to mention. I I guess I found it an interesting glimpse into Roger that he basically gave Don kind of really sad advice, like why why chance it on failure, something to that effect. Uh, why why potentially fail? You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I think there's a little sadness behind Roger's character that, oh, yeah. uh, that came out there, where it's yeah, like he's he, kind of okay to coast, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he, he wants to coast um, with Don. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to hang out with Don. He in this episode, you can tell he wants to be his friend. He just it it, it is personal to him, you know. Yeah, he he's says taking that. this personally. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, cute. That's so funny. I mean, it's it's kind of a nice. You start to you start to see who these characters really are in this episode. I know, man. Because in the first few episodes of the show, Roger is imposing and kind of intimidating. Yeah. Now he's he's fun. He he. You could tell he actually likes Don and actually wants to hang out with him, and it changes the dynamic completely. Like I said last week, uh, that the dynamic seems to be changed after uh, or what was the two weeks ago yeah. after throwing up his entire lower intestine. Or whatever, <laughs> you know? Yes. You would have to sort of lose some of your power, but uh, absolutely. Would you say that he's now fun and um, a little has a little softness to him too? Yes, he's you softer. You kind of feel sure. the softness. Yeah, I would say that. That's that's a great point. Yeah, um, but I, you know, this isn't my segment, so I just want to. I I was very surprised that Don was like he was kind of a nice husband in this episode. Yeah, man, about to get about to get into that okay, piece, okay, man. It's, okay. It's, it's it's beauty. I, I love no no no. You're good. I I, I because <laughs> but it's I was a, shocked. It's a it's great a season one episode. I'm it's sorry, beautiful. It was it was it was really and you know we'll we'll get into it. It was it was it was it was a uh, definitely a plus. Definitely a plus. You know what I mean? Oh, well, 
I, I have been, you know, we've been editing the episodes together and I've been, I've been listening to the, the episodes and I think the subtitle for the show should be, we'll get into it because we say, <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be, now it's going to be titled dad men and then semicolon, we'll get into we'll get it, into it. <laughs> because we say that so often and That's I'm not saying like that a pretty good tagline. <laughs> We'll get, it. we'll get into it. Uh, but it's so funny because, like, in episode zero, we're like, we'll get into it. We'll get into this, all this stuff, guys. And then in episode one, we're like, by the way, this is something we're going to get into as the series goes on. And then it's just, when are we going to get into it? Get on with it. Right. Um, we're still in season one, just, guys. Calm down. Come on. <laughs> we'll get into season four when it's season four, okay? Season Calm three. down. <laughs> exactly. um, but speaking of laughs, it's time for Sterling's Gold. Nicely done. I didn't think you had it in you, and I mean that. This is the uh, episode, I don't want to steal your thunder, but this is the episode where he says, I think my favorite quote that we use for Sterling's Gold. By the way, if you guys like those sound bites, that was more of Jala's idea than mine. So, you know, props to you, sir. And this is the one segment of the show where I permit us to quote from the show. Uh, (laughs) Quoting starts now. (laughs) Get uh, get that quote button ready. (laughs) But, uh... The, no, the, the line, uh, I didn't think you had it in you. And I mean that. Uh, Roger says that to Pete after the... Uh, so the plan is to um, buy up ad space uh, that Kennedy... Kennedy's been being really aggressive with the ad campaign on TV. John F. Kennedy's running for president against Richard Nixon. And um, the uh, Sterling Cooper is trying to help the Nixon campaign win. And what's been going on is that every time Nixon buys ad space, Kennedy buys, I believe more ad space, Mm -hmm. if not a competitive amount, at least. Um, And it's Pete's idea to um, buy a bunch of ad space for uh, laxatives Mm -hmm. for sequel laxatives. And that's why, you know, Sterling and and Roger come in and interrupt a meeting to say, whose idea was this? And, um, it was, you know, of course, Harry Crane takes credit for it first. He yeah. says, well, it was kind of mine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then Pete says, I bear some of the responsibility as well. Um, that was a cute way but, of saying that, by the way, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I must admit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he didn't say how much is the key. There. Right. Exactly. Uh, Very sly. But that's not my favorite line of the episode, though. It's I an iconic hear. one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... For Sterling's Gold, my favorite moment is, uh, <laughs> they're all Pete related. I'm looking at the quotes. I'm having a hard time figuring out what to do. Mm. Um, I got one for uh, too. Yeah, I, I think it was when Pete said, um, Secor laxatives. You know, I've got to talk to those people. They're not what you'd expect. They have absolutely no sense of humor about their product. <laughs> 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 Which, I like that because it's so... There's so many implications that maybe there was a meeting that went wrong, or right. um, he was on the he was on the phone with them, and then things got awkward after he made a joke about secret laxatives. Right. Um, but it, you know, it just you know it, it fills my mind with so many Pete possibilities, uh, Pete's abilities, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so that's why I like that one. Um, For sure. And I think the other one is just when he tells Pete, uh, sorry, <laughs> he tells Paul Kinsey to drop dead out of nowhere. Uh, because Paul's like Paul's ribbing him a bit about how uh, the idea of someone else working makes him become ambitious, and then mm-hmm. Pete just goes, "Drop dead." <laughs> <laughs> it's like so 
awkward. That's the thing. People don't realize Pete is like, sure, he's a piece of shit in this first season. and He's like mm-hmm. a weasel. But he's yeah. also so awkward that, at least for me, I empathize with him and I, I connect with him. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of that awkward, too. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Yeah, drop dead. <laughs> you know, we we have to. So we have a flow sighting in this episode. The flow watch is uh bro, what's going bro. on we are in the same headspace y'all i was just gonna mention that i'm so glad and then also did. we're in the same space okay go also suicide watch um <laughs> there was the moment where paul kinsey uh threatened to kill himself to peggy pete tells him to drop dead i don't know something something not right <laughs> something something's wrong here i think people want kinsey to die it's strange it's, it's a it's a weird it's, it is a weird weird event that's happening isn't it <laughs> everyone t- keeps telling him to die <laughs> The next episode, Don's going to be in the middle of a pitch, and he'll just look at Kinsey and say, die. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere. What? Uh, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, those are my... You know, Pete Pete killed it on the humor front this week. I like when Pete gets to be a funny character. I, um, I don't like when he is the piece of crap who hurts Peggy or yeah. is uh, coming after Don, you know? Yeah, I don't like that either. I remembered a funny. I remembered another funny Pete moment, but I, I got to stick with mine and hope you get it. What, what are your picks for uh, Sterling's gold? Uh, for me, uh, aside from the Sterling quote that we've used in the sound clip, um, a lot of the lines that Pete says. I only have one for now, but a lot of lines that Pete say that are really funny. And this is obviously like him like being serious, but it's funny because you know, just, uh, in context, it's very funny. So like, yeah. They're uh, sitting around the table. The boys are sitting around the table, and they hear that like Don like might be leaving or something like that. <laughs> and um, <Yeah. laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, he's not ten times better than me. <laughs> and we're <everyone> just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines he's ever said. That's so good. Oh man! Wow. Everyone just kind of looks at him like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, it's so the the awkward pause there is like something from the office because it's so <laughs> pregnant. The the pause is just so awkward. It's horrible. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's probably why it makes it even it's more not ten funny. times better than me. <laughs> Drop dead. Uh, oh, Pete's man. having so an off great. day. Go yeah, ahead. that's a, that's a good one. What about uh, you, you? Did you have any other ones? Yeah, my um, this one kind of dips in. This is Don. You know, this is him being cute. Um, I it, I thought it was still a really uh, like cute way of being funny, and uh, and nice at the same time. He's talking to Betty at the end, and he uh, he says he he's, he's saying like uh, you're a mother to these uh, two little people, and you're the best in the world. And he says at least in the top five hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had to get a little cute there. Very cute, That's... very cute, Don. We'd have to get to the. We'd have to do a cute segment. We'll have to. We do should. That. In season oh, two, season we should two. do a cute segment. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know if season one has as many cute moments. No, I hope I so, hope there's more cute moments as we move forward. I hope this isn't like we're we're actually hitting like the, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're getting toward the end of it. <laughs> well, for Don, it might be. I mean, he this is what I'm saying. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> he can be kind of cranky with people. I'm You're not right. cute. Um, yeah. The thing that I was going to put in my honorable mentions is when Pete asks, and maybe it should have been number one. I don't know. It's so hard with this show. But yeah. when he, he asks, after getting the good news about him and Harry, he becomes like full of hot air and it's full of his full of himself mm-hmm. and stands up and says, are we done here? To Don and everyone. 
And Don just still has control of the room and says, no. <laughs> and just he deflates sits back him. down. <laughs> it's Vincent's acting that sells it where he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not above this person or anyone here. I'm, I'm way uh on the bottom of the totem pole or whatever you whatever pole you want but um yeah man uh but that, great that's episode the thing. yeah man no i sorry. sorry to sorry to jump on you but that's the you were talking about vincent that's the thing with the show man the acting um these these actors just embody the characters so fucking well mm. that like i don't i don't know like you know vincent he's playing a boyish you know awkward boyish youthful you know weaselly rich you know rich boy character and it's perfect like he he just i don't i don't and he's your favorite character like i don't know if he slips up in that role space at all like if he falls short of that he's up there he's up there with uh john ham with elizabeth moss with uh oh who plays sterling i'm so sorry John Slattery, mm, with yes. with uh, I mean, not to say he's the same level of actor, but in this performance, Robert Morris, he's up there with Robert Morris. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's a genius in this show. I, I yeah. he and Elizabeth Moss, I think, are better than they probably were expected to be. That's my oh, theory. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they're just amazing. So oh, yeah, but you know, um, Sterling's gold this week. Wow, what a, what a fun one. That's uh, a lot of great lines in one episode by uh, my friend Pete. For and sure. uh, and Roger and and Don, you know, that's a great yeah. idea though. the the cutest <laughs> the cutest <laughs> moments of the episode. That's such a fun idea. Yeah, um, we'll definitely have to use that. It, it'll help us out during the uh, tougher times. Hey uh, Don, you want to write? You want to write that down for us for notes? Write that down. Right. I'm not cute. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not about you being cute, Don. It's more. It's more. Yeah, just Don. You don't be self centered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh well. I'm not okay. <laughs> uh, it's cute with a C or a Q. What? All right, Don. Always working on. You're a writer. <laughs> <laughs> You're. How do you not know how to spell cute? Uh, Peggy's not cute. She's my. She's my secretary. I don't find her cute. Okay, that's enough. Um, All right, Don. Go back. Go back to your hole. <laughs> nobody said anything about Peggy. You're being weird. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, and she's not your sec. Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's almost a spoiler. I almost spoiled something. Ooh, edit that out. <laughs> uh, You're gonna have to edit that out or bleep it. Yeah, I know. Jesus, right, Dan, we're gonna bleep you in about two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys. Okay, so the next segment is called Michael's Mental Health Nook and Pied a Terre. And this is just to refresh you guys. It's where I talk about the relationship issues on display in the episode and how they could have been resolved more productively. Uh, You know, I got to say, I'm very excited to say this. Not much for me to talk about in this episode on the relationship front. Um, Mm -hmm. Nobody's cheating on their wives in this episode. Is that, that, uh, do we need a counter? Do we need a non-cheating counter? uh sure is, it, is this gonna, gonna last a, it's gonna be a short counter that's for sure uh right, i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> but um it's it's unbelievable and like don's being kind of supportive of his wife and everyone else their wives aren't even in the picture so no not really ignorance is bliss yeah that's true that's very true no yeah man i uh i'm very relieved i don't have to do my usual disclaimer of uh don't cheat on your spouse your loved ones 
Yeah, because that guy's be... gonna jump down our throat again if you. I know that guy's his life has been ruined uh, by this podcast, <laughs> and every week he gives us another chance, and I I fuck it up. I'm I'm like, oh, they know, <laughs> they know not to do that. Don't shoot at pigeons. Hey, um, yeah, there you go. I that's, that's I do want to say. I was I forgot to mention that uh, I was right there with you, Jala. I, I didn't like that scene when I was a kid. I'm like, what the fuck's her problem? Right? Why is she shooting at birds? Right? You know, you're looking at it too simple, guys. Young mm-hmm. young Michael and young Mike, mm-hmm. you're being too uh, too one dimensional about the right. show. You got to look you deeper. Gotta, yes, you got to follow the storyline as it goes through, and try to put yourself in a character's place. Yes, exactly. don't just watch events as they unfold and go. Wow, that event sure unfolded this way. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But, no, it's actually um, great that you said it that way because I think uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't put themselves in the characters. I think shoe. I think that's why people find Mad Men boring sometimes because they're like, yes. I'm just watching these events unfold, and it's like, yeah, you're also watching someone have an internal conflict that's Shakespearean and it's tragedy, hypothetically. Um, oh my god, Mike, that's perfect. Anyway, it is it is fucking Shakespearean. <laughs> this is why, yes. why I love it so much. <laughs> Because it, it is it's pure Shakespeare. Yeah, but um, no. Uh, anyway, the thing is, is that I view it as like she. You can look at it on two levels. One is she's defending her kids. She's defending her home. The, yep. the neighbor has crossed a line by saying he's going to shoot their dog. Yep. And by the way, the dog wasn't in his yard. I'm pretty sure. Like no. the birds are flying around, and the dog was a dog and jumped up and bit one. Mm-hmm. In a really bad special effect, by the way. Let's we we are honest about the great stuff in the show that looks terrible. Yeah, that was yeah, the worst yeah. one of the worst special effects I've ever seen. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. They bad. didn't pull it off at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but they probably should have done like some creative camera work or something because it just it takes you out of the scene for a second. You know? Yeah, because like, you don't really have to show it like no, like they did. We right. get it. They, they, See, that's why I hate Paul Feig sometimes, because there's there's stuff he leaves in that's really bad in everything he does. But anyway, well, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, 4.5 Manhattans, and then Paul nope, Feig listening to this. There you go. Paul Feig listening to this goes, no, <laughs> you loved me. Uh, but the, the second way to view the scene where she's shooting at the birds is like, she was hoping to get a chance to not necessarily leave her family because Betty would never do that, but she would get to leave the, um, the, the domicile and, and be free for a day or two a week or day or three a week. And so she sees these birds who get a chance to fly and, you know, spread their wings yep. the way she can't. And yep. it's, it's just like a, a slap in her face after what she's been through. And subconsciously, I think she's taken it out on them. The fact that she is stuck in this role for the rest of what she thinks is the rest of her life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's, that's how I view that scene. Um, I also shout out to the music at the end of the episode. Um, The song this week was great. Uh, And I think, you know what? I don't know if they had less of a budget in the season one, but I haven't noticed as much great music uh, as we thought there was. So they, they, um, they're at you know, I think we hit a few episodes where there wasn't any ending music. At right, all. they would uh, skip it sometimes. Yeah, just quiet. So, mm-hmm. For some, for dramatic effect, and some for just you know, I I, I follow you with the budgeting thing. I think too. Um, there's a few you know, few few uh, 
classic 60s songs that are being played and such. Um, and this one, this one obviously fit the episode quite well. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a great song. And it it's called My Special Angel by yep. Bobby Helms. Mm-hmm. And it ties things together with Don saying that Betty is like an angel, you know. Yep. And by the way, well, never mind. No, yeah, that, that was, he felt sincere when he said that. It, yeah. it seemed like he was being genuine to her. And he kind of revealed a tiny bit about his past. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. He he wanted to have a mother like Betty. And he's totally, he totally means it. That's one of the few times we've seen him being totally honest with Betty, I think. Um, so points, <laughs> points to Don in, in that relationship moment. And he, he comforted her in the best way he could. It's a little bit... Um, matriarchal and its focus focusing on you know women are good at being moms yeah um, but but you can tell that it was to... coming from the soul right i don't think he meant anything bad by it but it is a yeah. bit old-fashioned um you know i think actually i have to give betty a demerit because she oh. tells don that they they offered her more stuff and he's kind of confused oh she, she's a little dishonest it's not like yeah. the biggest lie on the show no it, it was cute that you know and that that was that was part of um that was part of um what I was gonna mention about their relationship in this episode um as far as part of the uh, fatherhood piece. But since since we're speaking on kind of their sit down that they had, um, Don knows because he talks with um he talks with Jim Hobart um at at right, the he office knows. and he says you know. He's like, um, you know, I'm not doing it. You're playing dirty. Da 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 da. This is now you get me over there. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It wasn't a bl- uh, it wasn't a big league move. I like I like that. Yeah, it's a cute line. Right? Yeah, not a big league move. But yeah, it's that was that was cool. And so once once Betty comes back home and they're like sitting and eating, she she because he didn't bring it up. She's just like, you know what? I don't really want to work anymore. And as soon as she said that, Don was like. Don was like, oh, like he, he felt he knew that she was covering and he felt he felt sad that she yeah. felt like she needed to cover versus just saying like, oh, you know, they do you know that they cut me like and once he once 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 Betty was saying that she's like, you know, I just, you know, I want to make sure you have the food and like things are being left behind and Don has his best moment in uh as as a as a husband i think i mean wouldn't you agree this is probably like his best moment as a husband in this episode definitely yeah. i would agree and and also i would say that our segments i think they should be merged for this episode because yeah he's not he's not really being fully a dad uh no but he's not really being uh you know it's not just about their romantic relationship either it's about him being head of the house so i think we can sort of merge or not head of the house but a, but a head of the house right right you know mm-hmm. but i think we can merge our segments mm-hmm. and then we'll do the dad break after this absolutely that sounds good to me it just you know it's you know it's cute by the way too another cute hmm. moment of don you know when he when he calls her birdie yeah oh, was that the first was this the first episode he called her birdie i wrote that down i wrote birdie down i swear he said it before but I swear he said it in like episode three. Yeah, but like it wasn't like um, it didn't stand out. But this was way cuter. Yeah, he like says it more hand. affectionately. Yeah, he's yeah. a birdie. Yeah, he 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 actually opened up. That was that was the piece, man. 
when he when he yeah. when he when he mentions that he wish he had a mother that he could, he he could he could only have wished to have a mother that was similar to Betty. That was uh, that was the A plus. That was the A plus role right there. When yeah, pulled that out. It was good. Cute little line. It was, it was. He nailed it. He nailed it. It was just nailed. You know, with, without revealing the future of the show, you can imagine that things might get better for them now. Like he he seems to have changed, but is he on the right path? Have, right. People can have nice moments along. You know, that's the thing about Mad Men is it shows you the best moments and the worst moments of these people and. Don's doing a nice job of being nice to Betty right now, but the fact is she has to be placated by him and he he basically lets her know, don't worry, I'm not going to ruin this for you. But that implies yeah. that she was kind of walking on eggshells a bit about it. And um, I here's the thing, dude. He Did you notice the timing of when he makes the decision not to go to um, McCann Erickson? Because um. I did. And it's really sad. Uh, Jim, Jim uh, uh, sends him the photos. Yeah. He's like, look. Yeah. He- so the fact Coca-Cola. is, is that it, it seems like <laughs> Coca-Cola, you could, this is a big account. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, <laughs> he's just so weird. He's, yo, that's he's so guy condescending, who- yo. <laughs> hey, uh, Pan Am. Yeah. Pan Am, you could fly around. That's a panty dropper. You're married, yeah. but we all fuck around. It's all Don't we, it. Don? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's coincidence, Jala. I think that's intentional by Weiner and Provenzano. That, yeah. uh He sees the pictures of his wife, and I think he... I don't I hesitate to say this, but I think... Say he, it, though, because I'm actually... He doesn't... I don't think he thinks that she's really earned it. I don't think he thinks mm. that, like, it's... I think he's saying... He, I think he feels like this is only about him and it's only about courting him. And he feels to use a term that I'm not trying to be funny with. Mm-hmm. I think he feels like he, Betty's being embarrassed here and used as a pawn. Um, oh no. Which is he why, definitely feels that way. Right. Which is, which is why he says that's not a big league move and he's sort of defending his wife, but he's doing it in a way where it's like, she's not a model. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's the vibe I got. I'm not trying to be mean to Betty. We love Betty. No, I, I, I think, I think you're on the right track. I think, I think he's more disturbed the fact that, you know, Don's a very smart guy, so. Maybe he doesn't he, want to share, is the other yeah, thing. He sees her in this picture and he's not, she's not his anymore. I think initially that's how he felt when he first heard about it in the car. Um, because remember, she's like, yeah, he gave me his card. And he's like, he's like, I'm sure he, I'm sure he told you that. Um, <laughs> and, then he, and then she's like, no, 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 it's about modeling or whatever. And he's like, no, no, all right. No. He's like, he's like smug about it. He's like, okay, sure. But he, because I think you know, it's funny. You know, you know, it's you know, it's harsh about it is that he probably doesn't see her like that anymore. There's a thing in relationships when you're with somebody long enough. Sometimes some of the old stuff, like some of the um, things that they came to the party with, basically. Um, kind of melds into one new image of a person and you don't see that initial thing all the time and sometimes Uh when that thing is in your face again you kind of are not startled by it but you're you 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 take a step back and like oh this person was oh yeah 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 yeah, this is this person this is a part of this person you know what i mean you get used you get used to people and it's uh 
when you get used to something, it, it starts to look less different. exciting, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Less exciting, different, like different from what you remembered or, or, um, and, and, and when, when, when that comes back around in this episode, you know, with the pictures, he remembers who he. I think he starts to remember. Oh yeah, I picked. This is the girl I picked up. You know, years, yeah. years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and that's it's, that's why it's cool to know their history because uh, then we can see that in Don's face. Exactly. Know? Very cute. Very cute. So, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was. I. I think me and you kind of decided that this was probably not the first time he called her Birdie, but this is definitely the most meaningful Birdie na- uh, pet name that yeah. that has been used. It's a it's a good pet name, um, but a little bit. They chose the pet name for a reason. It's kind of condescending and weird. It's yeah, of sort of. It makes her seem a little frail and like uh, yeah, <laughs> and flighty, <laughs> if you will. Flighty, <laughs> but, yes, exactly. <laughs> but um, you know, there's a there's a play called Bye Bye Birdie, or I think exactly. it's a movie actually. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. But I, I I was hoping it would be the first episode he said it because then it's the same episode where she's shooting at birds and. Mm-hmm. It's cute, it's man. Just chef's a lot of, a lot of bird references. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say the talk Don has where he's a little bit concerned that this thing with the neighbor yelling at the kids and it happened while Betty was gone, you know. I don't know if he's that out of line to be worried about it. I think because it, it did happen and he's, yeah. he's expressing his anxieties, but he's not doing it in like a toxic madman no. sort of way. Yeah, um, yeah. That was, that was pretty, you, that was pretty par. Pretty low key. I mean, it's two a.m. too, so he's gonna be a little cranky potentially. Yeah, and absolutely. I just remember he was laying in the bed and he, he he said he's basically talking about they can't play in the yard anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to remember if there's anything else I need to go over with the relationships and mental health. I guess there's been some sort of inner debate in my mind mm-hmm. about the Pete punching Ken scene. And, oh, right. Sure. You know, I used to think that like Pete was more mad about. Uh, Ken saying that who would have sex with Peggy. And so it's a subplot in this episode that Peggy's gaining weight and um, everyone is sort of making shitty comments about it. And, you know, I, um, I'm someone who has struggled with my body image and, uh, you know, I feel bad for Peggy in this episode. Um, Yeah. It's shitty. And uh, it's normalized for everyone to have comments and make knowing glances. She, Mm -hmm. she rips her clothes, which is, when I was gaining weight and I started not fitting into my old clothes, it felt horrible. Um, yeah. It's just an embarrassing feeling. It's not anything to do with like body shaming when I say that. It's just a bad feeling to have to buy new clothes and then just, I don't know. It's Yeah, it's, or, or it just happening uh, unbeknownst to you. You know what I mean? Kind of right. like all of a sudden type of thing. And you're just like, wait, what? Uh, right. But then. Yeah, that's anyway. basically it. Yeah, it's just, it catches you off guard and it makes you feel bad. Um, yeah. So everyone in the, in the office is saying shitty comments and, and Ken says one shitty comment about her. They they have been talking about Peggy around Pete and Pete always tenses up and kind of tries to change the subject. Who cares about her? Maybe she'll go with Don. He changes the subject every time and deflects. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you kind of wonder, is he like getting angry about them saying stuff about Peggy? So when I, I, you know, that's the thing is that when I I had a less charitable reading of those scenes when I was younger and I thought he was more doing it because he was mad that they were saying that about someone he slept with. You know what I mean? That's what Um, I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, 
I want to, I, I don't think it's that I want to believe this. I do think he is mad that they're saying that about Peggy, not because he loves her or something, but because he has been intimate with her and does, you know, when you, when you have had sex with someone and he's had sex with her multiple times, I think you do develop a connection that you can't really like, um, put into words, um, not like they're in love or something spiritually connected, but like he probably does feel the urge to stand up for her. Um, And it's not just about how it it reflects badly on him that he's had sex with her, you know? That's what I was actually going to mention. I was going to say, do you think it's more, do you think it's, could it be even diabolical to the fact that they're making fun of somebody who he has, um, It's kind of hard to phrase what I'm trying to say. Like, he he had sex with Peggy, right? But let's say it wasn't Peggy. Let's say it was just a random office lady, you know what I mean, that was there. Right. right? Now, if it was just a random office lady and you had sex with, her, sex with this lady one time, and they were making fun of this lady, and he had a narcissistic feeling like they're making fun of something that I had no problem you know what i mean like right doing yeah. like is a is it a hit to the ego maybe that's what i'm trying to say is it a hit to the yeah, ego I'm, I'm not sure yeah see that's the thing is like if it's only based on his ego and pride i'm not sure he gets angry enough to punch ken based on that alone right um, right so now it's more that's probably pain. i think it's a bundle of emotions jala right that's what yeah. i think my mature nuance take on this now yeah. Um, there's definitely the ego and it's like, hey, fuck you. I've had sex with her. She's not fat. I wouldn't have sex with a fat person. And that's right, that's right. his inner monologue, not mine, before everyone right. it's cuts what that out of say. context. Yeah, right. yeah. And he'd say it in a worse way. It was the 60s. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he would. But, but if it was some random woman in the office, he'd join right in. Uh, he's right. not a social justice okay. fan. But, <laughs> but um, nobody is in this show. But. Right. I, I don't know. I, I want to give a more charitable reading and say there are genuine feelings for Peggy mixed in there. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think... I'm, I'm with and, you. And maybe... I think it's a lot like you said about how seeing how someone else looks at Betty makes Dawn look at her a different way. I yeah. think seeing everyone ganging up on Peggy and hurting her or talking shit about her makes Pete look at her a different way and feel bad for her, you know? Right, right. Um, so I... I, I I am the world's biggest Pete fan and perhaps only Pete fan. So I, I'm biased, but I do think that there's more to it than just pride. I do think that in yeah. his heart, he, he felt bad and wanted to defend her and he was just drunk enough to um, do it. And then yeah. luckily nobody cares what, like why he sucker punched Ken. They're just like, let's just get back to drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I was like, you guys way, have to shake hands. I need to get laid. Uh, <laughs> that's that's Paul. By the way, one of the funniest, almost sitcommy things in the episode is uh, Don yes. and Roger leaving, and it's not like they're acting out, like pretending they don't notice the fight. They truly don't care about the fight that's going on behind them. Yeah, it means nothing to them. Zero. <laughs> they're under they're underlings. They're you know account folks. They don't give a shit about accounts. <laughs> right. So, um, I love that scene. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's the end of our. Combo Pied-a-Terre, uh fatherhood, fatherhood corner. corner. Yep. Unless you wanted to put a bow on it in in some cool way. 
no bows. I think um, I think we've shot <laughs> the shit. Shot the shit. All right. Yeah. I think and now it's I think, might be um, time for some dad breaking. Well, I, I would want to add one last thing. Sorry, I, I'll yeah, put go. a bow on it. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that this is kind of the end of the Joan as Peggy's mentor arc. That's just a guess, but the the way it ends with with Peggy saying she's not just acting about in that moment where she says, "I just realized you're trying to be helpful." She's saying that about everything. Thank you. Yes, I just remembered that. I, oh my god, I can't believe that's I totally spaced that. That scene is so great. Yeah, it's such a such a great scene. I love that scene. Funny in a way, Um, but yeah, Peggy realizes that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I just realized something. You're you're trying to be helpful, or you think you're being helpful, is what she says, and that's like the catharsis of this whole nine episode arc with Peggy and Joan. And yeah, yeah, man, that was great. Beautiful. I love that scene. I, it's one of my. I, I love that scene. It's so funny. I just totally spaced on it, but it's so I'm awkward. Glad you it's, it back up. Me too. No, and it's it's. There's so many emotions in that scene because you feel bad for Peggy. You cringe at Joan, sort of awkwardly looking at the dress and saying, "Oh, you could keep it." Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, and just <laughs> the minor little comments that. I think that scene is good because it reveals that Peggy knows everyone is talking about her weight. You know? Yeah. She she, yeah. she knows. And she says to Joan, you know, you're not a stick either. Uh, and Joan basically counters and says she never wonders what men think about her as if that's like, I win. You know? Right, right. A lot of tit for tat. Uh, yeah. Joan, as we've discussed in previous episodes, we don't have to get too into it, but she views success as... Um, attracting a man, starting a family, moving to the suburbs, and that's the, her only way that she's really trying to help the people in this office or the women in this office, you know. Right, but she right. does try to be the mama, mama lion, uh, lioness. Yeah, yeah. Definitely try to look does. out for Peggy when she thinks Peggy is having um one of those days. I think yeah. is what they say. She's not. So, spite- I don't know. She's not fully spiteful. Like, um, oh gosh, it's just that yeah, she, no. Yeah, she has pieces in there that that come out but no the the scene is so great obviously joan but elizabeth moss's um acting chops in that in that in that delivery of that line and yeah. her facial expression just the way she says it it's perfect it's great i love it top scene top top tier scene um yep. so that's the end of the first time we've ever done the combo of the uh show yeah, the M- Michael's mental health nook and Jala's fatherhood corner sort of in one segment. Um, now, it's time for the dad break. Dad, dad break. Well. I mean, if you can believe it or not, I mean, not much was going on besides me trying to recover my life. But I will tell you one thing I did do. I sat down and I listened to the second installment of Seasons. <laughs> That's right. Weezer, for our music heads out there who follow, who have been following along. Weezer dropped uh, their second installment of Seasons called Summer. Mm-hmm. I listened to it this, uh, this morning, I think it was. By the way, R- Rarity, I usually... You know, if, it, if this was me, like, 15, like 10... 
10 years ago, I used to be up music's ass. Like, would mm. listen to things like, or like, even before that, like, I would dig for shit. Like, I used to be a crazy music digger, uh, mostly in the hip-hop space, but dug, dig, uh, was digging nonetheless. Um, but now, man, I just, I have to either have things come to me or somebody, uh, uh, somebody, uh, not reference it to me, but, uh, recommend. Uh, thank you. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> <laughs> COVID brain. Yeah. We warned you. We warned you. It's there. Uh, recommended to me. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So Roland's kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's been huge on Weezer and I used to listen to Weezer. That's um, right. I used to, I, so I used to listen, so I'm familiar with their sound, and uh, I really this uh, this uh, this EP this this one's fucking this is good, man. This is fucking good. I, I can't even front. Bro. I I can't even front. Like we talked about it a little bit before the show. I didn't want to like give you my whole feel on it. Obviously, I, you could tell I liked it, but yeah, I yeah. I, I, I really. I really, I really fuck with it. I think it's really good, and that's not even to diss. That's not to diss Spring. I thought Spring was a really good, really chill listen. You know what I really like is that the Sonics kind of fit are starting to fit the fit the season sound a yeah, little bit yeah. to me, which I which which I was which I was happy to see. Um, I, re- I really, yeah, the summer the summer is <laughs> the summer is hot. <laughs> nice, cool, so yeah, the, and I the summer is hot. This is a fun surprise because I um I didn't like tell you when when it came out on Tuesday this week I didn't tell you like hey Weezer Summer is out I didn't want to be like bugging you about Weezer too much but uh uh-huh. I uh, oh wait it came out on Tuesday yeah it just came out so ah okay yeah it's it's fresh fresh out there so you and I have you know we've both got first listen impressions or well this is more like I've listened to it probably like God I don't even know how many times dude I don't even want to think to count but it's really a lot. Good. Yeah, I um, I'm glad you like it. I uh, my first two listens, I was I was not feeling it. I was not doing so good with it. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, because there's some production choices on here that are a little wonky. Uh, yeah, but I'll start with the good. I, I want to say that um, number one, it still feels like spring in terms of like the songwriting. It feels like a sequel to those songs. It's not yes. like. It's not like a grab bag. It's like this is a follow up to that project. Yeah. And yeah, and thank God. Lawn Chair, I believe that's one of your favorite songs. Starts yeah, out intro. with Yeah, it starts out with a a sort of a sample of Winter from it's uh Vivaldi. Antonio ah, I love Vivaldi. Vivaldi. Yeah. yeah I love Vivaldi. So uh the opening night sorry, the opening song on Spring referenced uh Spring Allegro and then uh the first song on summer references the winter movement, which is <laughs> a little weird. But yeah, it's uh, weird, right? Just but it's I, I think it's to trick you because uh, it starts out real nice with the pizzicata strings and uh, mm-hmm. it's real angelic and beautiful, and then the distorted guitar comes in and it's just. Yep. I, it's... I we we we're not gonna like go track by track, but of course. Um, I'd say my favorite songs, or sorry, I was I was actually going an overview. I have COVID brain too. Um, <laughs> I I like the fact that it feels like a sequel, sure, um, but it also feels different enough to justify being a separate movement. Um, yeah. The 
Rivers is uh, his goal for this one was to write, write youthful, angry, and rebellious music, and the rebellion is in there. Um, oh yeah, and the the darkness is in there, and um, I really like that. There's all sorts of unexpected musical moments, and it feels so theatrical and kind of weird at times, and it can put off a listener. But it, I love it, when it, Weezer gets weird. Yeah, I think the theatrical, the theatrical nature of the album, for I mean, at least for me, kind of helps with the level of excitement to the to the piece. Um, I, I you know I rather than a grab bag of songs that kind of sound disjointed and um, like not cohesive, not cohesive. I, I thought I thought these kind of all had a similar energy but different tracks and obviously getting giving you different vibes through each each song but on the same playing field the summer mm-hmm. playing field basically so yeah and uh you know in the past when rivers writes about anyone by himself it's been kind of iffy but i think almost every one of these songs is not from his perspective he he went into like which character is saying which song uh and it's based on like Roman history, like Greek Greek history, and and all sorts of different you know historical references are on this album. Um, yeah, a lot of God, a lot of or not God, God like shit. Of, uh, yeah, um, but uh, I guess how do you say it? Not, it's not religious. Caesar, it's more Julius. Like, yeah, oh. thank you. Yeah, Julius Caesar stuff is in there, and uh, it is it is like there's references to Christianity for sure. Um, okay, in- intentionally, I think. Uh, Rivers is going to be wearing, if you check out his performance of records on Jimmy uh-huh. Kimmel, he's like dressed as Jesus. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, he likes his little costumes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I think I he must be building a, 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 a he must be craft, crafting a, a larger, um, picture with these four. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he's trying it to is. put something wholly together that uh, I have to say I, I can't see it quite yet because we're kind of in right. it right now. No, it, so. it could be great, man. I, I, But yeah, the things that put me off a bit um, were that the drums feel very, very electronic. Uh, <laughs> something is not right about the drums here. And, and fans are noticing. And it's a little weird because the Weezer's drummer is not on their current tour. They're in Europe right now. And oh, interesting. the okay. drummer, Pat Wilson, who's a genius and one of the founding members of the band. Uh, and he is what makes Weezer Weezer like rivers. He does demos where he plays every instrument and they sound really cool sometimes, but it's not Weezer until Pat Wilson is on the drums. Um, and then it starts to get the groove. He's got the groove factor. Of course. The uh, drum is the groove. Good right. Have it there. So I think that a human being did play the drums, but I believe they triggered the uh, snare, toms, kick, so that they'd all be a digital sample. Um, And then that way, mixing is 10 times easier because they're all at the same volume, same compression. Um, But you lose the dynamics completely. Um, And there's certain songs where it's really, really easy to ignore. Like, I think you can ignore it with, uh, it's, it's less noticeable on lawn chair and blue, like jazz. Uh, and then I think Cuomoville probably too. Uh, but then like 
for the song um the opposite of me it's like pure electronic drums it could have even been like sequenced on a keyboard where like someone hits the sample button and it's like you know it's super fake sounding right but um there's that and then they went with a, a pure digital recording style this time and uh i'm the type of guy who i'm not old-fashioned but i would prefer if a band is doing a record together that they mm-hmm. record together in the same room and um they did that with spring uh rivers and pat recorded together in the same room and this time it's it's like four different instrumental tracks smushed together and it sounds great a lot of the time but it doesn't sound yeah. alive and uh and organic and grooving um yeah but that's my that's my thoughts on it you you um you gotta tip the listeners um for those who don't know how do you tip the listeners to your background um because uh what you're talking about now is 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 very fun because for me since my ear is tuned to certain genres but i'm not fully tuned in to every genre, so I don't have the I don't have the particularness okay. of ear, but you gotta you gotta clue the listener into where you where you might have this have this uh, this uh, this this talent or particularness in the okay. sense of the music. I have been playing rock music with friends since two thousand six or so. I've been in bands since two thousand six, so I guess that's like fifteen years. Um, yeah, which. You know, you just start to you start to figure out what you like and what you don't like as you pick up more albums and as you um, try out different formats of uh, you know vinyl, tape, uh, digital, and you also learn like, oh, this album by my favorite artist was recorded on tape, and you right. notice that it feels warmer and has a vibe, and you you start to notice when a, you can hear when a guitar is recorded with a microphone next to a giant amp or cab. Uh, and you could compare that to when it's just plugged into a um, an interface and put into a, a GarageBand file. You know, you can right. hear the difference in this stuff. Um, right. And I'm not an elitist. I'm not saying no album recorded to digital is good, but <laughs> the uh, the continuity between the seasons would have been nice. You know, to keep it recorded right. to tape. Um, right. And I think. I'm not trying to plant ideas in your mouth. I don't think I'm going too far to say, I'm sure you noticed that um, this feels a bit less warm or um, the drums feel, uh, uh, I don't want to say faker, but drums feel more uh, pristine. Let's go with. Yeah. Yeah. Clean. (laughs) People say yeah, the drums are clean. Yeah. Um, I guess. I don't know why I have to talk about the negatives because every song on here is good. Um, some are great, and uh, yeah, for sure. I, the last two songs, Cuomoville, and uh, for me, um, thank you and good night. They're some of the best stuff that Rivers has done, and um, Blue Like or yeah, Blue Like Jazz is also really cool. Records yeah. is the only song on here that I'm not a big fan of, but it, it's same. You know, it does its job and. It's weird, man. There's people who are like, this is the best Weezer song I've heard in years. And I'm Which like, one? well... Records? Records, yeah. That's the cute thing about this uh, EP, I think. You see, this is the thing. Like, when you make um, good enough songs like that have kind of a little bit of a different angle for with each one, 
people will jump on one that gels with them the most. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. kind of cool. And maybe the records fans will give the other songs more of a chance now, and then they'll start to grow on them. You know, you don't know. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, great job, Weezer. Um, you're two for two on the four EP Seasons Project. The next one is called Autumn. And uh, I do have a little announcement. Um, Let's hear it. I don't know why I did this, um, but <laughs> I think I know it's covered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Weezer, they had an announcement that they were doing um, seasons shows on Broadway, nice. and uh, I checked them out on the pre-sale for fan club members. Yeah, I'm a card-carrying fan club member, Weezer. Thank Ooh. you, thank you. Um, and I, I looked at the prices, and I'm like, this is so fucking expensive. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> This shit is so fun. They're they're gouging the fans, and there's no way this is worth it. And then I remembered like how good spring is and how good summer is, and it broke my heart. But I walked away. I said, "I'm not buying shit." You know, I'm not gonna get. And you know what's funny, man, is the presale. Mm. Oftentimes, <laughs> the presale for like the first like when you first log into it, yeah, the seats yeah. suck. Have you noticed? Oh, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. seats are terrible. You'll you'll get Shit. better seats if you go months later sometimes. Um, That's true. If you come back around, right? But here's what I did. Was, was I walked away. I started going. I went back to work at my job for a yeah. few hours, and then later in the day, I went to the site and I'm like, "Well, okay. Here's what I'll do. I'll see if I can get some like balcony seats that are shitty, super high up in the balcony. This uh-huh. and that." Um, and I went on there and just for a just for a little joke. I went in the orchestra section to see what they had. Yep. And they had uh, front row seats available. No way. Not just that. Front row center. I am front row center for spring. No way. And I'm, I'm in the front for summer as well. And so here's how the – it's, it's going to be five shows. The yep. shows are pretty obvious at first. It's spring, summer, winter – or spring, summer, autumn, and winter. And then yep, the fifth yep. night is – Fifth night is encore, which in a theater production, an encore, you know, it's when you come back out and, and maybe stuff. you can do a reprise or something. But the encore yes. for this is going to be songs from the previous four nights done again, and that means oh. that you don't if if you don't see all five shows, you can go to that one and and see some stuff that you missed potentially. Um, yeah, maybe a song or two off of one of the joints that you right here. Yeah. And the reason why I, I'm not going to Autumn and Winter is because those EPs, whoever planned this is so weird, um, those EPs aren't going to be out yet. <laughs> They're debuting them live. So I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Really? Yeah. Yep. So I don't want to see those live for the first time because. Yeah, that would be weird. I it's mean, hard to me, get for into, me, it would be weird. Yeah, it's hard to get into new music when you're hearing it live for the first time, particularly when it's not like a jam, you know, like if it's yeah, a band exactly. jamming, you can, you can bob your head and stuff. But like, I want to hear the lyrics. I want to know what Rivers is singing about. I want to yeah. hear the guitars. And so, and also the, the fourth season winter is going to be like acoustic and kind of finger picked and sometimes, um, strummed. But, um, my worry is that I'm going to be able to hear a pin drop and also maybe hear people talking during the performance uh, and that would be the worst right and if you're talking during an acoustic performance like fuck you you suck right. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mince words like those are the worst it's when 
or even if you're talking during any concert and you're screaming over the band, like get yeah, the fuck out horrible. of there. It's, right. it, why are you sp- <laughs> why are you spending money so you can go to your friend and be like, yeah, I've I've seen this band before. Oh yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> see them again next week. Yeah, they're great. And they're, you're not yeah, even the last attention. song. The last song they did was kind of trash, but this is good. <laughs> I hate this album. <laughs> I, I hate there's this like, album. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny as if they're yelling and then there's like a break in the song that they only do live and not in the studio recording so that the like the band hears them go, I hate this album. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. You can go on. <laughs> they can hear me. Shit. <laughs> shit. Why am I yelling? Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to Broadway. I don't know how I'm going to make it work. Um, financially, I know how I'm going to make it work, but um, I still have to figure out where I'm going to stay and... All that, but Where that's a big announcement. Uh, Broadway Theater is it? Oh, it's actually it's in called. New York. Yeah, yeah, it's in New Shit. York and it's on Broadway. So, bro, that's so sick, though. So I'll have that's to do sick on like multiple levels. And we're bringing it back to Mad Men because I'm going to be able to do an episode of Dad Men um, on Madison Avenue. No, I'm not going. I'm probably, but I'll be in New York. So that'll that be exciting. Be really dope. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. wear a suit that day. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'll pack one, but um, that's the big news related to your uh, dad men, uh, awesome. dad break, and uh, yeah, that's that's funny that you, I remember this morning you telling me about it, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, I sometimes I have friends who like I have to beg to listen to stuff that I like, so it was oh, yeah. cool to it was cool to get an unexpected treat from you because I I was like <laughs> thinking like should I, I I still haven't brought up the new Kendrick Lamar yet. Um, we'll oh, talk the about new that. Album. We'll yeah. talk about that next week. I haven't listened to it yet, but I've been more yeah, for sure. stu- stuck on to Pimp a Butterfly. But anyway. Um, Great album. All right. Well, that's the dad break. A uh, little longer than usual. Um, but, you know, the the new Weezer EP, sometimes a new Weezer comes out that's really good and you got to it's you gotta talk about it. It's so yeah, rare. Seize, you know? seize that moment. Seasons that moment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. Well. Um, we've already done the fatherhood corner, so let's just do a, a final mod men. Is there anything in this episode that you think is still, uh, rel- relatable today, like on the pulse today? Yeah. Um, this one's like a interesting one, but it has to do with Peggy. And, um, we kind of talked about, um, the piece about her gaining weight and such, but it's kind of gave me a, th- actually one line that really stood out that made me think about this for a mod mod men segment was Ken basically making the joke that Peggy was like a lobster tail. Yeah. All the, all the meat is in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the back or something like that. Whatever he said in the, in the tail. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All, all the meat is in the tail. I, it, it's just, it's just, it, and it makes me think it's, it's just so interesting over the decades and, and, uh, just over history and time, how certain physical aesthetics for women have changed over yeah. over 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 the decade decade to decade, and how a joke like that in the '60s was supposed to be something that was denigrating, yeah. But if you sit if you sit in modern times now, somebody being called something similar to a lobster tail would be like somewhat of a flattering compliment because you know it's meant to it's meant to be a positive it's yeah because it's of jeering. Like, yeah 
the, the it's the, cat calling, you know, but yeah, yeah, cat calling. But it, it's it's more so in in those times back then, and for a while, I think the beauty aesthetic from the outside looking in was was kind of more frail model esque body types, uh, and within the last maybe twenty to thirty years, we've really shifted from that body type to a kind of a more curvier shape um, that people, that certain women have kind of, I guess, hung their hat on. And this has been influenced by a few, a few ladies, you know, JLo was like early in on stuff like that. Obviously black women in general kind of, yeah. the, 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 the natural body type, but you know, for the mainstream JLo is one of them, you know, Kim Kardashian, another, these, these body types fit more of, fit more of what, the style is today so the lobster tail line and peggy's overall physique in this era wouldn't stand out as being something that would be quote-unquote negative at all yeah that's a good point i I appreciate i appreciate you bringing that up because it's true like the actors sell it really well but if you look at it on the page like it's not something that i understand punching someone else over like the line that would be punch worthy is more who would have sex with her like right may, maybe if we're drunk enough blah blah right blah. right but the the last straw for pete is someone saying that her ass is big <laughs> right basically exactly yeah like your, funny. her ass is big isn't that crazy they're like oh yeah wow. <laughs> no it's not it's it's small and flat <laughs> right small and flat, flat. Is a perfect yeah exactly <laughs> just the way i like it um, <laughs> that's a great point though uh if you were doing an episode uh about a, an office in the 90s or in the aughts you couldn't do i don't yeah, think people really would be work. as i don't think people would be as brazen also about saying how fat peggy is but i think that's because fatness nowadays is something that um we've learned not to, not to really like um talk about it all it's not a it's not necessarily good but the the pendulum has swung the other way where saying someone is fat is like the worst thing you could say about them as opposed to like body acceptance or body positivity you know right Um, right exactly people just kind of awkwardly stare and then kind of make awkward snide comments this is my awkward episode i'm but but don't comment on people's bodies is the main thing like you know, whether they've gained weight or lost weight, you don't have to say anything. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was it was it was just it was interesting. It, the guys were kind of having their own little like side talk about it or whatever the case. And um, it it it, it, just, it just points out it just points out that 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 difference the times that we're in now versus the old aesthetic of of, of yore. Yeah, uh, I I just uh. I empathize for Peggy and uh, you know when I uh, went on camera at my job uh, people would say how I looked so different from my uh, my photo and my photo was taken at my brother's wedding and I looked much thinner back then and mm-hmm. you know I just felt so shitty every time someone said wow it doesn't even look like the same guy that's so crazy <laughs> and I'm just like shut up don't talk such, about such my a appearance. weird yeah such a weird thing like they 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 do that to men. Yeah. No, that's and I actually I 
I did say, hey, can we stop talking about this? Like, that's enough. Right, <laughs> and I, right. I did, I got rid of the profile picture because I was so fucking sick of it. And my point is, is just like, I've had, I've been embarrassed in an office setting about my personal appearance and about it changing. And so it's, it's, I think that's something that doesn't really go, hasn't really gone away yet from the 60s. I don't think, yeah. I don't know if it ever would. Um, I think as humans, we're naturally curious and we're naturally gossipy. And, yeah, and um, we're just like visual ass creatures. Yeah, we are. But it's not fun. And uh, again, my, my thing is just like, if someone mentions to you like they've lost weight and they're really happy about it, maybe then you could say something. Yeah, or if they've, mentioned, if they've mentioned they've gained weight and they're really happy about it, you could say something too, I guess. Yeah. But if it's going to be like shitty and uncalled for and unwanted right or and random, most of by the way nine, yeah random as fuck 99 percent of the time <laughs> it's the totally 99 percent of the time it's totally unwelcome and totally yeah. just talk about something else talk about maybe what a good job they're doing at work or right you know a tv show or that whatever. you guys both like or anything else <laughs> right yeah exactly anything else except just that random ass awkward awkward statement well, that's a cool mad uh, mod man. Excuse me uh, about the big butts and uh, not lying. Heggy girl, and, uh, yeah, and about uh, body positivity and body shutting the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's another episode of the Dad Men in the books. Indeed, we hit another one. That was episode number nine. And unlike Paul Feig, we hit it out of the park every time. Ooh. Paul Feig. Come on the show, Paul Feig. Come on the show, Paul Feig. Anyone who's been on Mad Men, if you were a boom operator, even we would love to have you. Um, Honestly, honestly. Yes, you're all very uh, talented and wonderful people. And we love the show that you made. And we don't say that enough. We love Mad Men on this podcast. And um, I look forward every week to figuring out... uh, what your what your rating is going to be, Jala, and I look forward to uh, giving a deeper analysis of these wonderful characters that I always loved, but now I love oh, with yeah. my not just with my heart, but with my brain as well. Yeah, it's great. I'm enjoying <laughs> it, man. As we as we move along, we should be hitting uh, you guys with episode ten very yes. soon. And make sure to use that hashtag Dadben Podcast and uh, check out the TikTok to see our beautiful faces and. Yeah, uh, uh, without further ado, um, we're about to hit you with that Destiny Park stinger, but um, take care of yourselves, and remember, the medium is the message. Adios, everyone. Bye, folks. This has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.